Hello, everybody. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Management Decisions here on localjobnetwork.com radio. One of the goals on this podcast is to give you some insight into what it takes to truly succeed, particularly if you're talking about the upper levels of management. With that in mind, leadership is always a topic that comes up on our shows, and we're looking at it from maybe a little different angle this time around and looking at some of the ways you might actually be undermining yourself as a leader. And to talk about this subject today, we brought on Josh Linkner. He is a five-time entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and professor. He's also the New York Times bestselling author of Discipline Dreaming, A Proven System to Drive Breakthrough Creativity. Josh, thanks for coming on today. My pleasure. Thanks. As I said, leadership comes up a lot on our shows for obvious reasons. And we always like to ask our guests, first off, how do you personally define leadership? Well, there's been a lot of discussion around the difference between a manager and a leader. Just having people report to you doesn't make you a leader. And by the way, if you have no one on the team, you can be a leader without a title. So (laughs) to me, leadership is about effectuating change. It's about making a positive impact on those around you and ultimately, you know, working toward uh, specific outcomes in an organization, a community, or even a family. Well, and as I said, we were going to look at it sort of a a little backwards way, I guess. And of course, when we talk about the the ways you can undermine yourself as a leader, the flip side is then how you can be an effective one. What do you see as being the biggest faux pas, the most important area that somebody could be undermining themselves? Well, one of the the themes that I've really embraced throughout my career, and I I believe in wholeheartedly, is that a leader's job is to be a servant, not to be a king. Hmm. So too often people get into a position of authority and they believe that everyone's job is to you know, make their lives better and, and work for them and salute the flag, when really a, a true leader's job is to, to elevate those around them. So I look at, you know, in my own career, I, my job is to help those on my team uh, reach their full potential. And I'm there to serve, not, not to you know, command. And when you do that, when you're all working toward a common goal, but, but you're there to, and, and people really know you care about them and their advancement, ultimately they contribute back 10 times more than they would if they just had a quote unquote boss. Sure. So I think the first step is, is making sure that you're a servant leader and not just sitting around barking orders. Right. How much of that comes with trust or developing that trust? How big a, of that is a factor? That's a huge factor. I mean, one of the key things that people can do to undermine their leadership is to violate trust. The minute that a team member or your organization doesn't believe in you, they don't believe that you have a, a sort of goals and objectives that are about the whole greater good and more, more self-serving, you have a very uphill battle at that point. The best thing that a leader could do is demonstrate you know, very consistently trustworthiness, that they are there, that they've got each other, you know, the team's back, the greater good in mind. And ultimately, that's what builds a, a trust-based organization. The other thing that you can do as a leader is extend trust. So often people just expect to be trusted because of what their title on their business card says. Mm-hmm. But the way trust is, is uh, developed is earned. It's not issued. So the more that you as a leader can earn the trust of others by demonstrating that you're trustworthy, ultimately that's what, what builds the relationship. It's interesting you mentioned that. And I think both of these two points you bring up relate in a similar fashion. But I am always curious of how you find that balance of maybe delegating duties and seeing that as a positive versus maybe your employees or your direct reports thinking, oh, they're just dumping this off on me. How do you, how do you handle that balance? How do you make it a, a positive that they're getting this work or you're putting your trust into them? Well, I think that most people want to contribute if they feel like they're on a winning team, if they feel like the leader has their back, if they feel like they're doing important work that goes beyond just collecting a paycheck. I don't know that most people mind you know, contributing. Mm-hmm. If the leader is, is a jerk and says, oh, well, I wouldn't do this task, so you do it because I don't want to do it. I mean, clearly there's going to be bad feelings. But on the other hand, if, if the leader demonstrates that he or she is willing to sweep the floor along with the next guy, then it creates a sense of, hey, we're all in this together. So mm-hmm. I think that, that that camaraderie and togetherness means means a lot. 
So back on trust for a second, trust isn't only about are you lying or not. So that when we think of trust, we often think of that, but it also gets to competency. In other words, if you have a leader who isn't lying, but they are you know just incompetent and they blow deadlines and, and you don't believe in that leader's ability, right. you're not going to trust that, that leader either. So trust goes beyond just, again, being an honest, not lying person, but also <laughs> speaks to, you know, can, can we rely on the person? Do we believe in them? Can we trust that they're going to take our organization and our career to the next level? I think that's uh, terrific that you differentiated there because you're right. I think most people immediately just to that uh, or jump to that idea of lying or, or being misleading in some way. With some of these areas of undermining yourself as a leader, is there one of them that is easiest to fall prey to or, or maybe is most difficult to turn around or fix? I mean, just based on your experiences, based on maybe some of the things you've looked into. You know, there, there, there's, of course, so many leadership traps, obviously. And, and, and you know, we, we build our skills as leaders over time. Nobody's a perfect leader. But um, another one that, that, that comes to mind is um, being so one-sided in either what I would call uh, religion or science. Hmm. In other words, if you are all religion, meaning that you only are about the belief and you, you, you know, you've got lots of ideas and vision, but you have no ability to execute against that vision. In other words, there's no science. It's all just a dream. Right. That can deeply undermine yourself as a leader. Similarly, if you are all about execution, like every meeting starts and ends with you know, numbers and data and all that, but you never talk about the greater good, the reason that you need to exist as an organization, that also undermines leadership. So, so the best leaders strike that right balance. They, they paint a much bigger picture. They show a, an exciting path forward. And at the same time, they have the executional chops and they, they also rely on data and they don't just sort of lull themselves into a false direction just because they believe it. They, they also have the, the executional wherewithal to back it up. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. I talked with a guest recently who kind of talked about this idea of uh, being charismatic and drawing people to you versus a cause. Where do you think that falls into play? Because I think we all want to be liked. We all want people to follow you know, the, the things that we have in mind. And as you said here, maybe you have this, this vision, but how do you separate that from, as you said, maybe some of the facts or maybe where the organization goes? Is there a, a strategy or a way you can make sure that's not happening where you're drawing the attention to yourself? Great leaders can be charismatic, but they don't have to be. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm a venture capitalist and I've invested in 24 startups and, and been involved in over 100 others uh, launching. And I'll tell you, the best leaders are often not the most, you know, room-filling, charismatic, articulate folks. They're the people that are sincere, Mm -hmm. that are humble, that are open-minded, that listen, that care, that demonstrate consistency. And I've got a couple of companies in our portfolio right now with outstanding leaders that are not the the greatest orators or something, but their team would walk through walls for them because they, they demonstrate, they've earned the respect of their team rather than just, you know, demanding it because they can talk a good game. The other thing is that, that we call all hat and no cattle, you know, the people that have lots of charisma, but no substance. Um, sure. People eventually see through that. I mean, it's only a matter of time. We all have the highly developed BS detectors and uh, <laughs> you, you might inspire a team to do something in the short term, but, but over time, that strategy falls apart and gives way to the leader who has consistency and, and humility um, beyond uh, sort of all encompassing charisma. I like that idea of, you know, short term, it may work out in those ways. But to your point, if you're looking for that, that long scope, uh, it's probably not going to work out in the end. So I think, uh, again, a nice differentiation there for the people listening. In terms of availability as a leader, uh, how important is that to be able to essentially, yes, be available to the people that you're working with? And, um, you know, I think you even use the term being uh, user unfriendly as a way to undermine it. How does that work? How does that affect you as a leader? Yeah, it's funny you say that. The, um, you know, we spent a lot of time in, in uh, website design and product development about things being user-friendly. Right. And obviously, a user-friendly product is going to win dramatically over a product that does the same thing but is, is really difficult to use. Yet, we often don't look at that lens as we look in the mirror. And so, so many times, a leader might be very smart or have good technical skills, 
but they're, they're prickly or they're difficult to deal with or every interaction is a pain in the neck. And, and that really wears on people. And what it does is it trains them to be closed and to, to avoid interaction rather than embrace it. So I think that we, sh- we all, all of us as leaders need to say, how user-friendly am I? What's it like? You know, do I respond quickly? Am I accessible? Am I, am I there to, um, to create positive energy rather than, than, than be people down with, with negativity? And those little things really do matter. And, and if you ultimately want a team that's fully engaged, that's pouring their heart and soul into a project or, or a company, that is, uh, is pouring their creativity and, and their best judgment and thinking into it and really cares about the overall collective success, you can't be you know, some difficult, prickly, obstinate kind of, kind of person mm-hmm. um, because it just fosters the wrong type of behavior. In a similar vein, maybe, I mean, we're talking about obviously leadership and people trying to, um, you know, you want people to be with you and working, uh, you know, together in those ways. How important is passion when it comes to a cause and portraying that to the rest of the individuals you're working with? One of my favorite quotes of all time is that uh, the greatest weapon on earth, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. And I just, just to me, speaks to, to the power of passion. And you think about all, all great progress in civilization, whether it's medical breakthroughs or you know, like inventions or political gains. I mean, these are all driven by, by passion. And so if you as a leader aren't passionate, there's no way the team around you is going to be passionate. And, and generally, the passion has to be about something other than just the bottom line. I mean, yes, you know, leaders are in place to, to serve the bottom line, but, but ultimately, you know, companies should exist, organizations should exist with a higher purpose. So if you run a medical device company, it's to save lives or to make, make humanity better. Uh, even if you run an organization that, that the product itself isn't uh, especially inspiring, you know, maybe it's to create jobs or to create a wonderful work environment for people or to help the local economy or to give back. And so ideally, your passion is not just about, hey, let's drive some bottom line results, but let's pursue our calling as a company and as a mm-hmm. team and let's make a really big impact. And that is inspiring to people. If people feel that we're only working for money, it's a job. If you feel like you're working for impact, then it becomes a cause or a calling. And that's when, when people are going to you know, really embrace it. And by the way, I, I want to be clear, none of this is tricking people into do, doing something. Right. You have to be authentic with it. I'm not suggesting anything, oh, if you do this, you're going to extract 11% more productivity <laughs> out of your team. I'm suggesting that being an authentic leader and doing these things for the right reasons, in turn, will yield maximum performance. Uh, again, I appreciate that point as well. Uh, that's what we hope to do on all these shows is we're not looking for these quick fixes and, and magic uh, formulas for anything, but just trying to get to the core of some of these items and obviously from experienced individuals like yourself who have seen it firsthand. Some of the items that I've read of yours and just getting a sense for um, the feel of how you view things, I, I somewhat gathered that as much as leadership and you know producing is important and what you say and what you do is obviously valuable. I get the the general impression that you feel there's something bigger as a as a leader that's important that maybe you're you're leaving a certain impression with people. Is there a way that you can describe that where of course, you know, bottom line items matter, but I I just get the sense of a bigger picture from you if that makes sense. I really do think that. And in, in fact, in, in in my life and and the work that I do, which is, you know, vast because it's sort of spread across different things. Like I do writing and and uh I run a venture fund, but but all of it ties to not so much chasing the bottom line. It's trying to make the biggest impact. Uh, you know, the impact for those around me and my team, those, those colleagues of mine, friends, community. Those old the old adages I just think is so true. You know, the more you give, the more you get. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't sit around trying to figure out how to you know money, money, money. But what happens is that that reward comes as a byproduct of doing great work. So I think if people have you know sort of positive ambitions beyond just that. It's funny, the, the, the pers- people who follow money, who chase money, I feel like seldom get it. 
hmm. because they're, they're focusing on the wrong things. On the other end, if you're pursuing greatness and impact and making a real difference and taking care of your customers instead of duping them and, and making a wonderful, positive environment that inspires your team and, and you, you have sort of um, a higher purpose in, in your work, the money tends to come as a byproduct and it comes at a, at a much faster and, and, and bigger rate. So that's been the, the learning that I've seen throughout my career. Now, we've touched on a number of different items here. Was there anything else that, that you felt uh, is a, a big way that somebody can undermine themselves as a leader? Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you see it as something that, that is important to mention here that we haven't necessarily touched on thus far. You know, it, it's maybe a subset, but just you know, a little thing that I always think about is it's very easy to catch people doing something wrong. You, know, you catch the kid with the hand in the cookie jar and you know, teachers are oh, they caught you doing the wrong thing. And you know, we have police and law enforcement. It's all about catching you doing something wrong. I would say as leaders, catch people doing something right. Hmm. Notice something in a meeting and say to the person after, you know, you, you were great in that meeting. You made a wonderful point. That was a really thoughtful comment. Or I really appreciate you. I mean, these little things, and you obviously have to be sincere. Talk about, it, it's like a B10 injection of energy uh, with a syringe. I mean, it just fires people up. And even if they don't respond that way, and if they're, they're more calm and they don't, they don't outwardly say that, you know they're feeling great inside. And to me, a high five, whether it's a physical high five or an emotional one, just goes such a long way. And it's such an, uh, an overlooked thing of, you know, we're all frenetic and we're trying to get our to-do list done. But I think like if we can inject people around us with energy, uh, the work product, the creativity and the, and, the, and the momentum increase. I don't think there's any reason to punctuate that as we look to wrap up our show here today on this edition of Management Decisions. We have been speaking with Josh Linkner. Now he is a five-time entrepreneur and he also has a new book out, Road to Reinvention. So if you want to check that one out. Josh, again, thank you very much for coming on, giving us your insight. I think some great perspectives for our listeners today. My pleasure. Have an awesome day. Thank you. You too. So once again, Josh Linkner, you can check out his new book, Road to Reinvention. He also has a best-selling uh, book, Discipline Dreaming, A Proven System to Drive Breakthrough Creativity. And if you're interested in getting in touch with us as well, go ahead and send an email to Radio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or questions. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. Use hashtag LJN Radio to join into that conversation. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.